This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 393 for Wednesday, the 10th of February. It's also 2021, all year long. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Lou Page is back. You can find him at Busy Zombie Lord on all the social media that matters. And Zombies Ate My Podcast that he co-hosts with Ryan Murphy, who's going to be here next week. So it's like a zombie bookend to your to your February. Uh, Lou, what's going on, man? I'm here. I, I, I didn't have to cancel because I had babies to watch and other things going on. <laughs> you know, life gets complicated when you're raising a person. Yes, <laughs> like, it does. <laughs> I will <laughs> I will never complain. I, um, I, 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 I like to make this joke with uh, my friends that have kids under 10 because many of them have multiple children under 10. Uh, and um, it's it's always like especially when it's the I mean, not so bad this year because no one's trying to hang out in person but like you know 2018 2019 um people um having to like just hard to get together for coffee trying to get people to come over for christmas parties like all that kind of stuff and i always make the joke that like look i'll hang out with you when you when your kids don't want to anymore <laughs> at which point yep. they're going to be teenagers you're going to be driving them all over the hell and high water but you don't necessarily have to do all the quality time stuff uh, I mean, they still do, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember that when I was a teenager. Like, I definitely spent a lot more time with my parents pre-15. And then after that, yeah. it was more about hanging out with friends and other people's houses and stuff. We luck out. Violet is really cool. We've had family functions and other things that we've had to go to where it's just like six or seven people getting together. And we bring the baby and she's awesome. I had to go. I was going to have to go to a semi-work function. And I was like, that's fine. I have a strap so that I can wear the baby. It's just nice. strapped to my chest. And I'm like, I can wear her and go to this work function. Everybody will be happy. And this kid never screams, never gets upset, never throws temper tantrums. She's awesome. But la the last time I was supposed to be on the show, literally like the day before, the we get a call from our daycare and they go, oh, yeah, by the way, um, somebody tested positive for COVID. So we have to shut down for a week. And so I had to watch baby and work during the day. And I'm like that. I can't podcast work and watch baby all at the same time. Not going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that obviously. And I mean, I think that uh, it's one of those things where that kind of stuff always comes up, you know, like I, I try to, as much as I, I mean, podcasting is part of my career, but I mean, everybody else that's on the show for people that don't know, actually, it's a good thing to bring up. Everybody else just volunteers to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> and do this little cafe with me, which is amazing. And it's been, um, I, I, it, it dawned on me and I haven't actually mentioned it on the podcast yet. Cause we're still like 10 months away, but 2021 is the 10 year for the little cafe. So in November we'll be full 10 years, uh, doing the, the podcast. And, um, some of you, uh, including you have been along for most of it, like 80% of it. Uh, and yet <laughs> you still come back every month. So I'm uh, I'm grateful for it, despite the fact that lots of things change uh, over the course of eight years, including families getting bigger and 
uh, pandemics and all the kind of stuff that we all have to deal with. But I mean, at least it's responsible that they closed the place. Like, I think that's a good, it's a pain in the butt. Don't get me wrong. I know that it throws everybody's schedule uh, into the ceiling fan, but it's probably a good thing that they did that. Well, the, the, the kicker for Erica and I was, is it wasn't even like a staff member that got COVID. It was one of the parents who doesn't even drop off the kid got COVID. Right. So they were like, this kid may possibly or may not have COVID and we might. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was the older build, kids in another building. This, this daycare is two buildings and there's a building for the older kids and a building for the younger kids. And they were like, yeah, we need to shut down. I'm like, I appreciate it. I understand. But this is like the third time this is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't speak precisely about it because I don't know all the details, but I know that with my, my niece, they're, their daycare is bubbled. And so the kids are never at daycare with other kids other than the six or eight or whoever's in their bubble. And so if something happens, it's only that bubble that can't go. The whole place doesn't shut down. Oh, see, I, well, they've changed procedures at the daycare since then now. So except for the two people that work the front door, uh, everybody is confined to a room. So hopefully the next time this won't happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where like kind of live and learn, you know, the, the, with the pandemic, I mean, the, the processes and all the social um, and I guess, what, what do you want to call it? Support systems, like all of that kind of stuff that you don't think about too much, like school and daycare and um, how they operate when they have to be, you know, dealt with regards to quarantine. Like there's, there's a lot of kind of like, I mean, there's the easy fix, which is shut it down. Right. So we have to figure out what's gonna happen then you know you, you can't do it all the time so you have to um find that balance i guess is the best is the best way to say it yeah um but yeah i again without having any i don't have any kids and i i mean i don't get a lot of the details about my niece but like i feel like just from other work environments where i have friends that do work outside the home um in different situations um there are there's the heavy precautions and then there's now the more uh, knowledgeable ones, I guess. And a part of it too is that now that we know more about how, you know, COVID-19 spreads and um, I know that Canada, for those of you that don't know, is being very strict about international stuff right now because of the different strains that are coming around. And yeah. uh, I don't want to get into a whole pandemic talk, but, you know, on one hand, like I understand that it's, you know, for people traveling for like for business or for expats trying to get home. And I mean, a lot of that stuff was taken care of earlier in 2020, but these really heavy travel restrictions, people get kind of bent out of shape. I'm just like, yeah, but if you look at the track record, while we're not perfect, we have a pretty decent record as far as the international scene goes, because we take these extreme precautions on the outside and it's those outside precautions that help the inside precautions be not so crazy, you know? So in yep. regions like where I am in Atlantic Canada, um, what we see whenever there's a new case in Nova Scotia, it's almost guaranteed that it's tied to travel outside the province. And if yep. there's more than one, then it's tied to someone that is close to someone that tried that traveled outside the province, you know, necessarily, yep. you know, like they're not, they're not taking vacations. Like, you know, they're a truck driver or, you know, they're, they're, maybe they're like an MP or somebody that has to travel to Ottawa all the time, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, we see the effects of like the strict outside wall of, of restrictions affecting the 
lesser insight. Now, not the case in larger city centers. Quebec and Toronto and Ontario specifically are having problems. BC and I think Manitoba. I can't really remember. No, Manitoba is going the other way. Anyway, larger city centers have the same problem that all larger city centers have. I mean, it's you get that much pe- that many people in a in a place, then it's going to be a problem. But um, it's just it's. I try not to. I try not to downplay how it affects people because I'm I'm not necessarily an introvert, but I'm very comfortable at home, and I'm very comfortable because of uh, the time that I've been working uh, from home. I am always very comfortable at home, but I will admit I've been home since last January. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm starting to get a little stir crazy. Yeah, for me it's just not a being little able, bit. Just a not, little bit. Yeah, it's not being able to expand the bubble, right? Like you you kind of want to, and I there's a false sense of security right now in the Atlantic provinces. And I'm just staying the course. I'm resisting that temptation to like hang out with a couple of friends I haven't seen in a long time. If I do, I might keep it to like an outdoor activity, like a walk or a hike or something, um, which is hard to do when there's a foot of snow on the ground. But it, uh-huh. like it's just there's, I have to just stay the course in terms of how I'm feeling about it, um, which is fine because I mean I've got the new Xbox and TV, so like hopefully the winter will be a little bit more entertaining than than last. Um, the other thing I'm going to try to do to keep myself busy at home uh, is get around to cleaning up the studio and actually transitioning it to be a little bit more of a, of a podcasting friendly space. Um, it, as funny as it sounds, the studio that I podcast from is primarily an art studio. Like it's primarily set up for uh, art and digital art. Uh, so it's very bright. It's very white. I didn't hang a lot of stuff on the walls because I wanted the light to reflect around. But as a result, it means that it's a little bit on the echoey side, um, which Mm -hmm. I do a little bit of compression to handle and editing and stuff afterwards. But as I'm getting fancier audio equipment, it tends to pick up the echo more than the older ones. So I'm trying to to sort that out. And uh, in the process, I've been cleaning up. And I did a big clean of the work desk right after Christmas because I took Christmas vacation. And I was like, okay, I, I was having trouble getting back into the swing of things. I'm going to tie the desk. I'm going to cable manage. I did all that kind of stuff. Brilliant change. Like, I mean, I, I, my desk space is always pretty clean anyway. So it wasn't a huge cleanup in terms of clutter. It was more so just like making sure that the wires were not a tangled mess. And underneath the desk is still kind of not great. But it's because in a good way, a lot of the things have six foot cords, but I don't need six feet. I need three. So the other three just kind of dangle behind the desk. Uh, zip ties. Yeah, no zip ties. Uh, I've got a lot of black twist ties. Like a lot of the things that you see that come with, like when you get an electronics, you know, like a new set of headphones or something like that. That's usually a twist tie around the cord. I have I have stuff like that that I can take care of. But I am um, the problem that I have right now uh, is that I have a closet. So my studio is an eight by ten bedroom. Uh, so it has a closet like, you know, you, that let a person would keep closing. I've taken the doors off of that and I have put up two bookshelves, uh, in the closet. So I've got shelf space. I don't have drawers. And I think that's part of my problem. So I've got a number of shelves that have like computer peripherals, mice, keyboards, a lot of, uh, Apple stuff, uh, but cables like my gosh, you know, you got, USB to USB mini, you've got USB-C, you've got lightning cables, you got this, you got that, you got monitor cables. And... My wife, Erica, used to joke with me because we've moved in the last, we've been together, this year, this year will be 15 years. In 15 years, we've moved like seven times. Wow. And the first time she, we moved, I moved this big, huge box and everything in it was 
computer parts and cables. And then we moved to another place and there was a box of computer parts and cables. And it was bigger than the last time we moved. And it slowly <laughs> got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then about five years ago when we were moving to uh, just before we bought this house, we were moving in with my friend. She said, you've got to purge that box. You've got cables in there that you're never going to use. Who uses a serial cable anymore? And I went, yeah, I know. I need to purge it. So I purged the whole box and I kept just a small like shoebox full of like USB cables or maybe a power connector that like that I that I might need. And then come to find out in the last since we've been in this house the last three years, I've started a new pile of cables and I had to build a new box of cables. <laughs> and then she went downstairs in the office and I had it sitting on the desk. She went, oh, so we have a new cable box again. And I went, yeah, yeah, we do. I don't know what the best solution is going to be. Uh, and I'm curious. So people, if you've done some home organizing over the pandemic and specifically for cables, not cables that are attached to things, my desks are fine and I can, you know, I can, I can tighten them up a little bit in terms of the cable management. I'm looking for things like, because it's things that are, they're current like HDMI cables, like deep, like a, a digital video cables and DisplayPort cables is one of the, that I was trying to remember. And what was the other one that I have? I need to just look. A lot of it is just like, a lot of it is like USB stuff. And yep. I, but I can't get rid of it because like I do need them from time to time. Like when I do a specific yep. stream, when I draw at the drawing table and I want to set up the webcam, like I have a 10 foot USB extended cable and like, I need that, uh, in order to get the microphone to work currently. So I have a cable replacement coming, but like, again, it's a one cable solution to a current two cable problem. And so, uh, I'll end up with two cables that I have to roll up and put somewhere and there's no real solution that i can find uh i've seen some interesting things on pinterest where like people will hang the cords up similar to how have you ever seen like a necktie rack uh so the cords instead yeah. of being instead of instead of being wound up the cords are uh hanging from something straight down and so you can very clearly see what the cord is and you know all that kind of stuff i don't know if i want to get into that sort of realm because i would be I, i'm a minimalist in terms of my decor and my space i like things tidy and so I'm looking at some of these things and there might be some cheap solutions. I was anticipating it to be a lot more expensive, but Ikea actually has some very, very cheap bins. They're, they look like they're cloth boxes and it's just, it's just meant to kind of like, okay, look, you put all your cables in here and then you put all the batteries or the mice or the other things in the other one and they fit on the, on the shelf and you can still pull them out and dig into them if you want. So it's up to you to like organize the box itself, like wind up the cables, put a twist tie around it, whatever. Um, I might actually invest in something that's a little bit easier, like little Velcro straps. I've seen those online too. Um, I yeah. might even be able to find some solutions at the dollar store, but I'm just, I need to do something uh, because, um, and, and some of it is just the hard work of going through and finding the things that you don't need anymore. Like I tend to keep a lot of my electronic boxes because if you ever move, putting expensive electronics back in the box that came in is just a godsend. Like I monitors my TV box, like as much as, as big as it is, you know, I, I kind of want to keep it around because if everything, anything ever happened where I had to ship it away for warranty, or if I move, then having a new investment of that size going back into the foam padded box that it came in would just save my brain from worrying about it, you know? So 
I've got those kind of things around, but those are in another room. I just need to kind of go through the studio and move some of the stuff that, you know, try to pack it up more in a more organized way. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I tend to have, uh, this issue of like, my apartment tends to be very clean because I have the space, but the space that things go in, like the spare room and my closet in my studio, it tends to just accumulate Pile stuff because it's not in the way. Like it's, I don't even look at it half the time. It's, it's, it's almost behind me. We have a front hall closet. It's right behind me from where I'm sitting right now. Cause I'm in my living room today, not in my office. And it is the closet where we hang up the coats between seasons and anything we don't know what to do with goes in that closet. So we try not to open that door except between seasons <laughs> to get out the coats and swap them over. <laughs> and I, and, and, and that closet really needs to, I need to, I need to go in there. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm the same thing. I'm the same thing too. And this is, and here is the problem. Here's the problem is that I have an Xbox now. <laughs> so when I have an hour or two, uh, at the end of the day, instead of going and taking a few things out to, to the recycle or, you know, organizing or just like taking the cardboard out back. Cause I mean, there are some things that I can get rid of quite easily. Uh, a lot of the, any cardboard boxes can be broken down and stored away. I've got lots of space for flat boxes, you know, in my main storage closet in the front of the apartment. Uh, and they don't even get in the way at all. You slide them up against the wall. They're fine. Um, but you know, other things like electronics and I've got a couple of kettles that no longer work that just, they, they, my, I can't throw them out in good conscience. Like I have to go, I want to take them to like a recycle depot. Um, so I just have to take the time to do that. And I just never seem to get to it, which is something I need to correct. Yep. That's, that's something I need to correct this winter because I will be much happier to have done it when there are not other things better to do outside, like go for a hike or hopefully knock on wood, you know, go to a patio for beer or something like that. Um, but speaking of the Xbox, actually, and to steer the conversation back towards some some tech, uh, I've spoken before on the show about the Arctis 9X uh, wireless headphones that I got and how much I like them, with the exception of the fact that they don't fit. They were too tight on my head. They actually gave me a headache. Uh, everything about the tech I thought was fantastic. Uh, now, I took your advice. Uh, I believe it was mm-hmm. a conversation we had off mic um, a couple of weeks it ago. It might have been. Um, and so I've picked up the Hyper X Cloud X Stinger Core, longest name ever. Uh, they're basically, I went for like, what are the best budget headphones that have been pretty unanimously well-reviewed? And uh, it came down to the HyperX uh, that I got and the Razer, I don't remember the name of the actual model but it was basically like the entry level $49 US for me it was more like $59 Canadian but I got them on sale for $10 off so um so yeah. that's fine and 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 for those that don't know my advice to Joel was uh don't spend $120 don't buy the be- biggest and the best they still only last you like 18 months and then they break uh that my I find a nice middle of the road 30 to somewhere between 35 U- US and like 60 US that has a really good review and that's what I usually buy and they usually last me just as long as the, the expensive ones. So that's what I've done. Uh, I've, I've picked up this, I'm not sure what you want to call it. I, I, I call them entry level really because I anything cheaper I felt were going to be really cheap. They were going to look cheap, feel cheap and probably break shortly thereafter. Um, yeah. There was, a, there was a pair that was maybe $39 on Amazon or 35 and they were cool looking, but the reviews tend to be like, mm, there's enough people here 
that say that they didn't last very long, you know, a couple of weeks, couple of months. I'm just like, I don't really yeah. want to be that. I don't want to have this problem again in three months. And so um, these were reviewed for good audio. What I liked so much about the, the reviews on rtings.com was that the, um, the microphone, uh, when they compared the sound quality of the headphones across the board, like it's on, it's on par with, you know, some of these other models. You're really not going to get much for 50 bucks. You're going to get 40 millimeter drivers. They're going to be a little heavy on the bass. Uh, cause they're basically aiming at, you know, the, the, the younger viewers that just want things to explode, you know, like that, or the younger listeners, uh, for gaming. And, but they said the hyper X was like surprisingly much better mic quality than some of the other um, competitors in its price range. So I thought, perfect. Okay, that's the solution for me. The frustration point to me comes in where they don't fit again. Now, these are adjustable. They ratchet. You know, they've got a metal thing that goes through them. They get a pad on the top, and then you can, like, pull the headphones down. They do swivel a little bit um, on the, we'll call it the X-axis, um, but they don't rotate. Like, they don't rotate um, clockwise or counterclockwise. They just kind of tilt in and out. I don't feel like they tilt enough for my head. I get a lot of pressure underneath my ear. Uh, I've tried tightening them up. I've tried loosening them. I still, I just can't seem to figure it out. Basically, you know, the, the headphone has more of a C shape than a D shape. I want it to be D shape when it's on my head, but because of the, the how much I have to expand it, uh, there's just a little bit too much pressure. Now, it's not the same as the Arctis. The Arctis I found uncomfortable after 20 to 30 minutes and I would have a headache after an hour. Uh, with these I've played for two hours and it starts to like, I have to adjust them. Like I have every once in a while, I kind of have to like take my hands off, take the headphones off and just kind of like move them around a little bit. But I don't have a headache. I do feel relieved when I take them off. So they're not perfect. Um, but the sound quality is much better than the Apple earbuds that I was using, uh, for gaming. Like Apple earbuds are great for most things, but you know, for, for the gaming, it was not the best. Um, but I am curious because I, I want to know, uh, I, I'm, if I can return them, I might not be able to, but, uh, and I might not just because like, well, it's at this point I have a solution that's not perfect, but it's also not causing me discomfort. Like it's not something I don't want to do. I'd, I'm still testing them and I'm still going back to test them to feel like how are, how are these fitting? And so if anybody has either the, a hypercloud model, uh, I, I'd love for, to, to hear your feedback, uh, Cafe at gmail.com. Uh, specifically, if you have a big head uh, or you notice that most earphones are tight on you, if there's anything that you did to expand them. I've, I've read that people tried to put them over like the box that came in and kind of leave them like that and try to like overnight or over a couple of days just to try and... They do stretch out. Do stress them out a little bit. So I might try that. But ultimately, I think it might be the hinges on the side that might be my, my issue because um, I can actually make them quite comfortable. And I just, if I put both hands on them and I just press in just a little bit, it changes the, the shape of the, the headband and then they don't put as much pressure. Now, I'm not allevi- I'm not pulling out. I'm actually just kind of like changing the angle and that's all that needs to happen. Uh, so I'm wondering if there's enough people out there that have the same problem that I have, because it is frustrating. And I'll confess that I've been an earbud user for a long time. So going to over-the-ear headphones is an adjustment. However, I had these Turtle Beach 
uh, headphones for 10 years in the living room and they were fine. I never, I know, I don't remember them ever being uncomfortable when I first got them. Like they didn't need to be broken in. Um, they were a little hot in the summertime, but that's it. And so I'm hoping that, um, some adjustments here might, might get, get me through. Um, the good news is, uh, that if I do decide to seek out some other replacements, uh, either a wireless version or whatever, um, the good news is that I, I have a backup. Like I have something that's currently good. If someone wants to game on the Xbox, I have a mic. I will not sound like garbage. Um, you know, so it, it'll be workable. Uh, so, um, I'm happy about that. And I mean, as far as a review goes, they sound fine. You know, like I, if you're looking for a budget headset, I mean, I would look at either HyperCloud or, um, Hi sorry, HyperX, uh, or Razer. Those, after all my research, HyperCloud X and Razer were the two that kind of came in in terms of best sound, best mic compared to all the other stuff that's out there. Um, don't be like me. I buy cheap. No, well. I mean, I, I couldn't find anything under $50 Canadian. Like I could not. The only thing that I, I think I saw, I saw one thing on Amazon and it was a brand I never heard of. And most of the re the reviews were like these broken two months. Um, so um, there's something to be said. Uh, I think one of the things that did sell me on the hyper X was that um, somebody, their kid, you know, um, was, was talking about f playing Fortnite a lot. And they're like, Hey, they've last, they've outlasted my kid's normal six month, destructo habit i thought okay well if a kid doesn't destroy them in six months me as an adult treating them properly they're probably they're probably going to be okay right um so yeah that's that's kind of where we are with that um so as far as what i've been watching this week um i'll touch a little bit on uh kim's convenience again before i get into something else but i know i know that it's been a while since you've had you on the show and i'd like to talk to you about what you've been up to as well uh with kim's convenience uh i'm on season three it's still good. I'm still liking it. I'm watching like one episode a day, maybe two. It has it has its moments. It has I, yeah, its moments. I've watched it all, so I have. Oh, it okay. Has its moments. Yeah. So I enjoyed season one and two better than three so far. Um, three is becoming a little bit silly, and what I liked so much about the the first two seasons was that it was funny, but it was funny and still fairly realistic. I mean, I know it's a situation comedy, like. Friends wasn't realistic either, but it was still relatable. And I feel like some of the stuff now, it's not necessarily a Saturday Night Live skit silly, but it's it gets to the point where it's a little bit... Real people don't act this way, you know? Erica and I really liked it for its first couple seasons. And then we kept watching it just because we're running out of things to watch. <laughs> and so we watched the later seasons and it it got less and less funny to us the more we watched and more cringy. Yeah. And so, and here's where the cringe comes in. And I've said this from the beginning and it's unfortunate that they're, well, they're trying to balance out the cast. They're trying to balance out the screen time. So there's a lot more screen time in season three for the handy car rental crew. Uh, Terrence and Kimchi and uh, Jung and Shannon. Uh, I like Jung uh, and I like the relationship and how that's going um with with appa and stuff i guess spoilers um but it they handle that well uh and i want to see i want to get to know jung better but i right. don't i mean, well I, and i should say i i'm i'm happier with the the jung kimchi relationship um yeah because that to me um has become more organic 
what I really feel is forced is the Jung Shannon stuff. And anything Shannon says, it's just, it's so convoluted. No one speaks like that all the time. I've got friends that are funny and they make up little words and they say things in a funny way and it's cute, uh, but they don't do it all the time. It's not 110% everything out of their mouth. And that's what I find so tiring about, about Shannon. Um, and Terrence, again, he's a caricature, but in an, in a way that doesn't feel, I don't know. It, just, it feels very strange. Uh, and so it doesn't, I think it doesn't match the other humor in the show. Cause I will watch, uh, Appa and Yama just, uh, bicker or fight or poke or be sweet to each other all day long. I, I find, I find them really fun. Um, yeah. And it, they're getting a little silly, uh, in this season. Uh, they're not necessarily acting like adults, which I find strange, but, but it's still funny and there's still a lot of personality and the timing of their content is good. Uh, but I'm really falling off with the other content in season three. Like I, before I was like pausing the show and stuff like that. But now if I need to zap my coffee or if I need to go get something from the kitchen, you just get up and let it go. When there's a handy moment, like, yep, that's what I do. As soon as Shannon's on screen, I'm up and doing something else, uh, which is unfortunate uh, because, uh, <laughs> and it's a fun little tie-in, Shannon, the character is supposed to be from Nova Scotia. <laughs> It's just, I was like, oh, really? Of all the people, her, honestly, I'd rather if it was Terrence. Like, it's just, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm still liking it. I still think it's fun. And, and I like that it's, a, I like that it's been so well received by, you know, Canadians and people outside of Canada too. Um, so. it, 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 it was, it was a, a U.S. Netflix, like, like most popular show on Netflix for like a month, a couple mm -hmm. months ago. I will say it is easy to watch. Like, it's not yeah. hard. I don't have to think really hard. Do I want to continue with this? Like, there's a lot of things out there that are dramatic or intense or like, do I want, am I in the mood for a grisly murder mystery thing again? Like, yep. We've, we've got a, we've got piles of stuff that are on our Netflix queue that are like, man, I want to watch this. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, but it's really grim. It's way too dark. And I'm not in the mood for that right now. So that will wait till, that will wait for when happier times. So where you and Erica have finished it without any spoilers, like, did you enjoy the full run? It was okay. Yeah. Again, right. I, right about where you are is where I started to be like, I right, leave it in the background for noise. Mm. I'm going to go play video games. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's it for me for watching stuff. I'll get into what I've been playing in a minute. Um, what, uh, what's been on the screen at your place, man? As a homeowner, I fell into a rabbit hole. Um, I was looking for, uh, I have a sink that's leaking and it's not like awful. I don't need a bucket or anything, but if you turn on the faucet, it leaks around the handle of the faucet mm -hmm. and it's just enough that if I leave the water running too long, I start to get a puddle on the counter and not a little big puddle. It's just a little puddle, like maybe the size of a dollar bill at most. And it doesn't happen all the time. It only happens some of the time. There's a loose washer in there somewhere. And so I was like, I got to figure out how to do this. And then I found the rabbit hole that is called Ask This Old House. <laughs> this Old House is a PBS America show uh, that people that bought, buy like 
houses from the 1800s and then they decide they're going to renovate them and this old house comes in and helps you renovate and they document it all on video or whatever well the ask this whole house is more of my style uh we're not renovating an old house people email them with their simple basic house questions and then they go to houses all over america and they fix things, little things, and they walk you through it step by step. So I learned how to replace the, my sink. So I'm going to be, uh, when it gets warmer, I'm going to pull the sink thing out and I know how to uh, disconnect everything underneath. And then, and then after that, I fell down the rabbit hole of like, well, I need to fix some light sockets in the, in the other room. Let's see if they have videos on that. And so I spent like an afternoon while I'm working with this old house running in the background being like, oh, that's how I fix that. Okay, taking notes and then going, okay, back to work. Oh, they're fixing this other thing that I need to know how to do. I can take notes. <laughs> and then actually I used some of it because uh, we have um, the far end of our house uh, is where our bedrooms are. And both our room and the baby's room are the colder rooms in the house because they're the opposite end from the furnace. And so in the baby's room, we've put an electric space heater. and it has a thermostat, so it only kicks on when the room hits a certain temp. And so it doesn't run all night. It runs like two, three times a night. And we noticed that there was something wrong with the plug that that heater was in, and I needed to replace that electrical outlet. So I watched a video on how to replace electrical outlets, and then I went back and I went, okay, now I'm going to take, and it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, all right, now I can change electrical sockets. I guess I'm going to have to go to the store and buy about 10 more so I can replace all the bad electrical outlets in the house. I haven't done that yet. I've only done the one, but still, I, it's the kind of thing that I, I would be over my head or will be over my head thinking positively when I do eventually own a home, I, I will have a lot of questions from my stepfather, who's a carpenter and a painter and, I will have, you know, uh, I've worked with them a little bit when I was younger in my 20s. So I, I know some things, but, you know, stuff changes over 20 years. And I, I just don't have this problem a lot because I've been living in an apartment for so long. And I think a lot of people in kind of our generations uh, that are still apartment livers don't have this. Like if the thing is broken, you call the super, you know, and they either fix it or they call a plumber to fix it. Uh, yeah. But it would save you a lot of time, especially if it's something as simple as changing out a washer or um, uh, I have to do this. I have to do something similar with my kitchen sink. I have I think I just have to tighten the nut on the bottom of it. See, that's what I was thinking this is. But what I did research into the faucet in my kitchen and what it is, is this faucet is actually there's something wrong inside the handle. Oh, and to buy the parts and to take it apart, you have to take it apart just right to replace the piece. And the piece is like 10 bucks. Oh, God. And uh, and if I fix it wrong, it breaks even worse. And I said, you know what? It's just going to be easier for me to replace the, the whole spigot and handles all together. And so, again, I have a bunch of gift cards from Christmas for uh, Lowe's. I'm going to go to Lowe's and buy a new, a, a, a new sink uh, spout for my kitchen as soon as it gets warmer. I really just don't want to have to turn off water in my kitchen and go like if it turns into a bigger project than I think it is, which it should only take me an hour to fix. I'd rather know that it, I, 
I'm not going to have to go outside in the cold to fix anything. Yeah. So. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And there's a certain amount of pride that comes with like being able to fix stuff in your home, you know? I, I will tell you this. I, we've been here three years, and in three years, I've learned how to fix more things than I can count. <laughs> nice. Very, very cool. I I don't remember what home improvement show I used to watch. It might have been Home uh, Homes on Homes. It was a, It's a Canadian yep. show. Um, and at the time, Peyton, who used to do the show with me here on the Citadel Cafe, he had bought a, a house with his wife and it was like built by someone. Like it wasn't like a, a, it was an individual that built it. So there was a lot of quirks going on. And Peyton was watching a lot of homes on homes because like he wanted to fix things, not go through the whole house, but as something would break or as there was a leak or as they wanted to change a drywall piece or paint something or move a socket or whatever. When he once he got into the wall, he wanted to d- double check to make sure, like, is this up to code? Like, is this am I is my family going to be safe? Sort of thing. So I found yeah. watching that with him was really interesting because, like, I you know you don't think about that so much. Uh, well, well, for, for example, there was a leak in my studio window, and we had to replace a chunk of drywall about two foot square, and uh, the insulation giant air quotes here in my apartment wall is logs. So it's not logs, logs wood. It is, it's logs cut in half. The birch bark is still on them. Uh, wow. in, in that section. The inside sections are probably, they're because the building has been around for a while and the inside walls would, ye, would get, you know, painted and fixed and stuff like that from time to time. The inside walls probably have insulation. Uh, yep. I, don't, I don't know for sure. But the outside walls, the walls that are, you know, like studs and drywall between me and the brick outside have logs to the point where the amber has come out of them they're so old so if there's ever a fire <laughs> this this place is going up like a matchbox uh jesus yeah i was surprised even i was just like are you kidding me like <laughs> think at least they didn't use newspaper i guess <laughs> like it's just like it's just it's one of those things you're like oh boy okay um, because again, I'm in one of those buildings that was like, you know, owned by an individual, renovated by the individual or by the individual's carpenter friends. Like it wasn't like a we, company that did it. Right. We bought this house three years ago. I had a really great inspector. He made sure everything that he looked at was up to code. There was a few things he recommended that we do. I did a couple of them or well, a couple of them I thought were unnecessary. So I didn't do them. Um, but what we found after having lived here three years is that this house was built in 1968. And according to my neighbor, who's lived here since like the late 80s, the company that built a bunch of the houses in my neighborhood, I live in like a, I live in like a cul-de-sac almost, is that a company came in in the 60s. They were from Florida and they were used to building Southern homes, not New England winter homes. And they popped up like eight or nine of these houses, sold them, and then got out of town before winter hit. Mm. And so some of these houses don't have as much insulation. Uh, some of them don't didn't use New England-style winter technology-type stuff. So instead of sheetrock, some of my walls are plaster. Um, and other things that, that we don't they don't normally do up here. Um, and then on top of that, according to my neighbor next door, the guy that owned the house, the longest since they've been here, he lived here like, like 15 years. He was a Navy guy who did everything himself. And 
what we keep running into is, oh yeah, this was fixed, but it wasn't fixed by a professional because a professional would have done X, Y, and Z. This was fixed by an amateur who just fixed it half-assed. Mm-hmm. And then we end up having to figure out how to fix it the right way. Um, I uh, Since I was on the show last, I actually, uh, I had my all the outlets in my kitchen blow up. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, literally, I'm putting something in the microwave, and then next thing you know, the microwave stops working, and every outlet in my kitchen stopped working. And I had to figure out why. I ended up having to call uh, an electrician. And the electrician figured it out uh, and because the electrician was actually a friend of a co-worker's or a husband of a co-worker's. And so he was like, ah, I'll stop by on my way home. He came by and what we figured out, him and I, is that um, whoever fixed the outlets in the kitchen last wasn't a professional and they didn't actually tighten up all the cable in the in the outlets like they were supposed to you're supposed to twist the wire and then put a wire nut on them yep and they just stuffed all the wires in a wire nut oh and you're also supposed to wrap the outlet in uh electrical tape to prevent any like extra shock yep none of them were wrapped in electrical tape wow and so like it was actually a hazard. And his exact words to me were, you didn't do this, did you? I'm like, I didn't touch anything, I swear. <laughs> Being judged by your electrician. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I swear it wasn't me. He goes, well, you're lucky you didn't have problems until now. And I'm yeah. like, oh, good. So my my goal is at some point I'm going to take every outlet apart and make sure they're all taken care oh, of. Oh, man. I mean, it's one thing if it's if it's inefficient, you know, like it's the, the studs are too far apart or the insulation's not put in right or something like that. And it's fine. It'll work, but it's not a problem. But then you get into stuff like that where it's a fire hazard or, you know, a shock hazard. And it's like, that's just not cool. You know, like yeah. that's the kind of stuff where, you know, like it's the kind of things you wish that a building inspector would catch so that then when you buy the house, you, you can like tag it on to like, look, you either fix this before we move in or you knock the price of the well, house down. The unfortunate thing is the only way the the only way this problem would have been caught by my inspector is if he took every outlet apart. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, he tested all of the outlets and they all worked and they were all grounded, which one of the houses we looked at, none of the outlets were grounded. Oh, wow. I was like, nope, not buying that house. It's like, I know nothing. And even I know that, right? <laughs> yeah. So again, this old house, ask this old house, man, have I learned a lot. <laughs> I need to watch more educational content. And before we move on, uh, I realize now that this is the first time that I've had you on the show since I have my new Roku TV. Uh, Are you and, enjoying it? Uh, so far, I, I like the simplicity of the remote. Uh, the Roku TV does what it's supposed to, I guess. It took me a little while to sign into things because I had to, you know, type my email in with the little remote control thing. Um, Can I make a recommendation for you with that? Sure. Oh, I uh, have the app. I Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I, uh, whenever I'm logging into things, I use the app and it gives you a keyboard, keyboard. and it lets you type things in and it, yeah. lets, it, it, it speeds everything up. That's, I, yeah. I keep on forgetting that I have the app on my phone is the problem. Uh, and honestly, more often than not, I, now that I'm signed in, I'm using the remote control to go to Netflix or to go to the uh, external HDMI for the Xbox. And that's it. Uh, yep. not, not a fan of the lack of communication on how to set things up. I did have to watch some videos online 
um, oh, okay. for like picture settings and like, again, and part of it is me not being used to a smart TV and I won't get into too much of this because I think I talked about it on the show before, but essentially in order to tune the TV to SDR, HDR and Dolby Digital, you have to just, you, there's no way to go do that. You have to just go find content and hit play and then change your picture settings. And the TV is smart enough that it knows what signal it's getting and it changes from HDR mode to SDR mode or whatever. So I was going through the settings looking for where do I turn on HDR? Where do I turn, you know, like how do I set up these things? It does it all for you. Yeah. The issue that I'm having right now is that uh, sometimes, uh, and I've seen this across some other people, not specifically my model, but the models right before this, but they would all be currently running the latest version of Roku. So it doesn't look like it's a hardware problem, which is good because I don't want to return the TV because uh, it's, a, it's a nice picture. Uh, but the software with Roku, uh, they turn on like motion smoothing and yep. it comes on without you turning it on and the settings still say it's off. So you can't go turn it off because it's... Oh, uh, see, I don't have that issue with mine. Yeah, so I can't... Um, and it happens randomly and the solution, some people was just power cycling the TV and like you turn it off, you unplug it and you plug it back in again and it seems to stop. The problem is that like, unless it's happening all the time i'm not going to catch it so if i'd watch something that's 4k um one of the things that i, I like to use as an example it's a good test actually is um spider-man uh the spider into the spider-verse because yep. it's it's shot on twos so it's m meant to be a little animated and choppy and so if the tv tries to smooth that out i'm just like okay you're doing something you're not supposed to <laughs> right um and so i have to be uh, like diligent of that um so that that's frustrating with the Roku interface. Um, now, the the other side of that is that I don't have to. I don't know if it's necessarily a like a TV thing or whether it's the inputs. Because one of the other things that people suggested is like factory reset the TV, which I don't want to do because it's a pain in the butt. But then don't like don't have the internet connected to the TV. Like don't join the Wi-Fi. Just leave it offline. Yeah. Uh, and then you know go to you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, et cetera, on the X Xbox, which I could do. Um, but yeah, so far I like it. What I don't know a lot about though, which is why I wanted to ask you this long story short, uh, famous last words on this show, uh, was there are a number of other apps that are like free Roku apps. Um, like, uh, I can't remember the name of some of the, the things, but it's similar to like a channel that Roku provides that has like free content or paid content or whatever. So it'd be a, either a streaming service if you wanted to, if you wanted to watch movies or a free service if you wanted to watch advertisements or whatever. Um, do you watch any of those? Like, do, have you found any of them worth exploring? Yes. Um, in fact, the, the Ask This Old House is not on anybody, on any of the regular, I don't watch it on Netflix. It's not on uh, the PBS channel. The way I find it is there's a, there's a streaming service called Tubi, T-U-B-I, and everything is with commercials. But they have all kinds of really cool stuff. They have like all of the Transformers, all of G.I. Joe. Uh, when I've been looking for content for Violet, just so that she has something on in the background while like I'm feeding her or whatever, or she's playing, I'll leave the TV running and I'll throw on uh, uh, they had poke episodes of Pokemon. I had her watching Pokemon the other day. And it they throw two or three commercial breaks. And one of the cool things I found out was the commercial breaks for kids programming almost all are directed at kids nice which was a problem i found with one of the other streaming services i was looking at was if i was watching something for kids 
they were throwing in like insurance commercials and i'm like oh this is dumb mm-hmm. and then it, it seemed like all the ads they were throwing at me were based on kid stuff and i was like that's cool i can handle that kids commercials for kids shows that that that's the way it should work but that's how i found this old house is they had like seven or eight seasons up on this and again commercials but the commercials breaks aren't nearly as long as they are on cable like 30 seconds and the commercial break was over and i'm back to the show yeah whereas we we tried watching live tv at a, a relative's house recently and the commercial breaks were like four minutes long and i was like is there are we ever going to get back to the show yeah because i'm spoiled for being a cord cutter for so long same and and um there's there's a couple of different services um personally uh don't use crackle i hate it uh i tried it a long time ago never wasn't a fan it, it, uh, it was sony's idea of trying to get into like the free streaming tv stuff their commercial breaks there's too many right like there's more there's more commercial than there is show oh wow um we had to years ago uh they had an exclusive on a zombie film and we had to cover it for Zamp. Um, I had to sit through the movie three times because of commercial breaks. <laughs> I'm not wow. joking. It was the wor- one of the worst movies I've ever had to sit through. And uh, the commercial breaks were so long, it, there was an error code with one of the commercials. And if you got that commercial, it made you restart the film. Oh, my gosh. And then I you, I could fast forward to where I left off, but then it made me watch all the intermittent commercial breaks after the stop of fast forwarding. It said, oh, you're trying to fast forward through five commercial breaks. So we're going to make you sit through all five commercial breaks. CBC Gem does that, and I hate it. That's why I've not, I was why I stopped watching it. The, I was the, like, oh, yeah. this is stupid. Yeah, it was something like four commercial breaks in a, in a full hour long drama, because that's how I was trying to watch the War of the World show. And I remember that I had paused midway through, but because how multitasking works on the iPad, I went to go do something else. And then when I came back to watch the show later on in the day, the app was still in the background as like, you had used this recently, but the app had been shut down. And so when I went to go log in again, not log in, but when I went to go launch the app again, it didn't remember my place. I'm just like, I'm fine with like watching commercials. But if I've watched half of your show and seen half of your commercials, you should remember where I left off and then start right. me from then on. But I had to fast forward and I thought like, well, that was about halfway through, I guess. So I, I scrubbed until I said, oh yeah, there's the scene with the car that I just watched. I'll, I'll watch this again. It's probably a two minute recap. That'll catch me up to speed and I'll watch the rest of the show. Nope, I had to sit through 10 minutes of commercials first and the same commercials. I don't yep. mind commercial breaks. I understand that you have to make your money somehow. And and half the time the commercials are relevant. Like you're watching a sci-fi show. It's either a commercial for another sci-fi show uh, or, you know, video games or computers or something. Like it's it's usually on par. The problem, it's the same commercial every time. It's like no, just find four advertisers and put their advertisements in, in the in the show. Why am I watching the same Cadillac ad for the fifth time? Because I tell you what it makes me want to do: not buy a Cadillac. <laughs> like it just, I get I mad. I have that. I have that issue with Spotify. Yep. I don't pay for Spotify Premium. I use free, mm-hmm. but they also have an app, so I can. Uh, I don't have a stereo in my living room, so if I'm home here alone working all day, I'll put Spotify on the TV, and 
I have a playlist and I just have it play. And I will get, no exaggeration, the same Home Depot commercial. <laughs> and and they'll play three commercials between my so- between like every like eight songs or whatever. And it will be the same Home Depot commercial. And then it will play the same Home Depot commercial. And then it will play the same Home Depot commercial. And I'm like, now I'm never going to shop at Home Depot. You're not, your ad's not working on me. It's annoying me. Yeah. And I, I'm going to throw some shade here and I might take some heat for it. But like, it's always read by some perky young 22 year old that's never set foot in a Home Depot. Yep. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like you are actually, reading I, this. <laughs> I, I actually, the Home Depot ones always distract me because the guy who reads them is an actor and he's like a, a, a like a C-level actor. And he's in American Psycho with <laughs> with Christian Bale. And he's one of the doofy, like, wannabe Wall Street guys that Christian Bale wants to murder. And every time I hear his voice, I'm like, oh, it's the guy from American Psycho again. <laughs> it's really funny when a voice kind of gets under your skin or is immediately recognizable. And then you can't, like, unhear it from other things. Yep. Um, I've got a couple of actors that stick in my craw like that. Not, I can't name them, but I can, Im- I can imagine them. And I mean, and it also happens in a, in a good way sometimes in the other direction, which I think is, is great. Um, so uh, other than Tubi, are there any other Roku apps or channels that you recommend? Um, I, you guys don't have Hulu in Canada, so I can't recommend Hulu. No. Uh, I use Amazon prime. Mm-hmm, I use Netflix. Mm-hmm. I got, I, I, Amazon prime. Netflix, Tubi's pretty good. Um, when I was watching Flash and all of those shows, I had the CBS app. I mean, the CW app. And that was how I would get in that. They, they do that. All that stuff gets added free with commercials. We stopped watching that and just started waiting for it to show up on Netflix. Yeah, I'm um, trying to remember how... I don't know how that stuff... I think it's all handled through Crave in Canada now um, for that stuff. I could be wrong. That's how we get access to HBO is through Crave. But I just canceled that um, because it was $20 a month for HBO and Crave together. And I thought, nah, whatever. I'm going to keep Disney Plus because of uh, you know, new stuff coming out. Uh, and... Um, I decided I was going to keep Netflix. I was actually on the hair of canceling Netflix. Not that any of this is ever permanent. Like I've, this is the third time I've canceled Crave. I just like, I turn it off. I turn it on again. Star Trek comes out. Like I'll probably get Crave back when Picard comes out, you know, like, cause I like, I like that stuff and it's worth, it's worth paying for. Like I'll, I'll, I enjoy that content. It's worth the price tag. Um, just to not have to bother to download it. Like all that kind of stuff. I, I do have a recommendation. I actually, I'm sitting here. I turned on my TV so that I, I knew that I was forgetting one that I wanted to recommend Pluto TV. Okay. If you've never if you've never used Pluto TV, uh, it's like traditional cable, but free. Okay. Um, they have uh, they, uh, anything that uh, they have channels dedicated. Like they have a channel that just runs Mystery Science Theater three thousand episodes all day. Right. Okay. So uh, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. They have an, they have a channel that runs Bond movies all day. Uh, like it's just stuff like that. And they also will pick up your local TV network. And you'll get access to whatever your local channels are, and you can watch like the local news live at seven. Okay, I'll I'll have to see if that that goes transcends to Canada, but that sounds good because um, it's better than an antenna. I imagine the TV has a tuner in it. It's funny, I did not care. I didn't check. <laughs> um, it has a connector so you can plug in an antenna, but it doesn't have an antenna. Yeah, 
I'm actually recently discovered that the the TV at first it said that um, the TV would work with Alexa. Um, sorry to everybody listening on speakers, uh, but uh, I haven't. I mean, I don't have Amazon for a voice assistant. I'm using um, Siri because I'm um, an Apple person at, at present for all my mobile devices, and I found out that the TV, which I think has changed either via Roku or via the new version of the TV that I have is that uh, it's HomeKit compatible. So I have to explore some some features there that I haven't yet gone to. To be honest, I, I most of the time on the TV I've been spending watching an, an odd show while I eat or spending a lot of time on the Xbox, which is the main purpose of buying the TV. So all this stuff is just kind of secondary, but it's good to know, especially for people out there that you know have Roku TVs. A lot of people between Christmas, Boxing Day, and the Super Bowl sales, I'm sure a lot of people at home probably have new televisions. And if you're new to the Roku app, then knowing about Tubi, and uh, and Pluto TV is probably a, a decent thing. Yeah, and Pluto TV did just get by, bought by a giant cable network, but the cable network made a point of saying that they're not that they bought it as an investment. They're using it as an opportunity to figure out what they could use to fill out their cable network, hmm. like what kind of channels people are looking for. That they're not planning on changing anything. And I'm like, well, that's what you say now, but in six years, we'll see how you feel. Well, speaking of the Xbox, uh, my big time sink the last week has been Destiny 2. Uh, I mentioned this briefly last week, uh, and uh, I was playing Destiny 2, Titanfall 2, a couple of other different things. And But Destiny 2 is kind of just stuck with me uh, in terms of wanting to kind of figure it out. It's become a bit of a puzzle, a bit of a problem solve. Uh, uh, I have been putting in a long time, and I don't want to get into too much of the gameplay and the missions and stuff, because Ryan Murphy is going to be on next week, and he has played Destiny. And so I feel like he and I will get into more of the, the nitty gritty stuff next week. Um, but as a new player, uh, I can say that I found it pretty overwhelming at first. A lot of those types of games are. Yeah. Well, it, and it becomes the more that I've read and the more that I've... Um, it is really hard to find a, a Destiny guide, like especially if it's a YouTube guide, that isn't snarky. Like they, there's, there's a love hate relationship with this game for a lot of people. The, the other issue you're going to run into is they've done so many updates over the years where mm -hmm. they change and rebalance things that if you don't watch a video that was made like in the last year, because the game's been out for several years, you'll find that it, it the, the information might be outdated. Oh, I'll do you one better. Don't watch any tutorials, any videos, read any articles that are not focused on November, 2020 and forward. Okay. Yeah. Because I learned That's that the hard way. Yeah, learned that the hard uh, way. I, I ran into this issue uh, a couple, about a month ago. Epic gave away Star uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 for free. Yeah, I have. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the they gave away the Celebration Edition. And what they don't explain to you is that all the money you're collecting in the Celebration Edition doesn't mean anything. Celebration Edition gives you everything unlocked that's cosmetic oh and that's the only thing you use the money for is to unlock cosmetics but because you got the celebration edition for free everything's unlocked you're earning money for no reason that's good to know actually because i want to play that and i have access on two platforms now i picked it up on epic games for free and uh, i also have it via uh, game pass i've got uh, yeah. battlefront one and two are both available on xbox game pass ultimate so yeah and and uh, and so i'm building up i'm playing the game and i'm building up all this money but i'm not seeing anything that says i can use money or where to get use money and i'm like 
why am I earning money if there's nothing? And then it was like, oh yeah, we patched this in the celebration edition that we released six months ago. And you, if you bought the celebration edition, you don't need money. Hmm. Well, then why are you letting me earn it? What's the point of playing the game then? If do you get other rewards? Then you get other rewards. Thing? Like there's weapons that are tied behind like leveling up in the game oh, and gameplay okay. mechanics. Okay, cool. but the money itself is tied to cosmetics. You're talking about in-game money, right? Yes, in-game money. It, it, like you earn credits. But the only thing you're supposed to spend credits on is new costumes for your characters. And you and you get all of that with the celebration edition that they gave you. So the money just piles up. Well, that's good to know, because I would have been confused too. Um and, and similarly, um uh, in, in Destiny 2, there was a mission that there was a force field, and I couldn't get by it, and I was like, there's gotta be a trick to this. And I was kind of beating my head against the wall. And at that point, I was like, I haven't really invested enough in Destiny to say, like, I'm gonna be playing for a long time. Like I wanna do this and explore and you know, because uh, I can be kind of a stickler sometimes about wanting the games to show me. Uh, it's almost like a examination of the game design. You know, like if if I'm if it's not clear to me, then it's going to be a real you know pain in the butt. Yep. And I yep. start to get very critical. And so I did look up this tutorial, and this t- tutorial was very clear. It's like this is the trick: you go down this path, and then you go up and you this ledge. And they they were even saying like this is a typical Destiny thing. They tend to hide this kind of stuff. The whole idea is that you know it rewards the players that are patient and want to explore. Blah blah blah. Well, I went down this path and the ledge was not there. And I am, I'm not a new person to video games. Like this was it was not there. So I was like, what the heck? And then later on, by accident, I completed the mission just because I found another um, dungeon type place to go in. And then I didn't even realize it was associated with it. Essentially it sounded like, and it looked like that Bungie had received the feedback. This is dumb. People have to go to the internet to figure out how to win this mission. You should make it clearer. The problem is that because of that issue, whenever you search, like, how do I beat this level? I think it was called the salt mines. Um, yep. the only thing that you get the first 10 results are the wrong videos they're outdated right yep uh so that because the algorithm found it for you based on the amount of views yeah exactly right so there's so there's a lot of stuff you have to do you really have to look at the date and the time in which uh, videos were recorded um but i or you could listen to a podcast like this where if you are new to destiny and you want to jump in and try it i can say it is a blast pardon the pun I'm really enjoying it. It it feels good now that I've gotten the hang hang of the of the uh, mechanics. What I like so much about some of the gameplay in terms of like the side missions and stuff is that I logged in one night and played for about ninety minutes, and I didn't do any story missions. I just ran around, and as stuff respawned, and as there's people around, we did a couple little like heroic world events, and it was just it was just a lot of practice. But I felt way more confident after doing that and then continuing on with the story. The reason why I did that, though, wasn't on purpose. It was because I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out how to continue with the story. And part of the problem was that with Destiny 2 Beyond Light that came out in November, they removed the first three major campaigns from the game. You can't play them. And again, you search, how do I play old missions in Destiny? They say, oh, you go here. You can't go there anymore. This girl that has the missions now sells ships and bikes. <laughs> so you, you like, it's just not there. And, and so I, I, I have to see if I can find this article because I read so many and some of them were on my phone and some of them were on my desktop, but I lost about 90 minutes one night wanting to play, just trying to figure out like, where do I, like, how do I play next? Like I finished the onboarding That's process. non-intuitive game design. No, it's bad. Uh, and they just, it's, 
they need to do just a little bit more in terms of the amount of information that they give you. Um, what I do like about it, and again, this is like the onboarding process of a new player, and apparently this is, is a much better change. It's not perfect by any means, but it's if it's better than it was before, then wow, they had a low bar before. Um, but you know, you, you go through, you get resurrected by your ghost, uh, which is a little digital companion that comes with you. And they give you the tutorial, how to jump, how to shoot, how to fight, how to, all the stuff. And that's fine. It gets you up to speed pretty quick. It's an interesting story mission. You're not just running around getting a tutorial. You you actually have missions that are like each new mission is related to a new skill, like jumping or uh, using your special ability or like this kind of stuff. So that was really cool. The problem is that they don't make it clear story-wise that you are a resurrected uh, soldier into an existing war. They don't give you the, a very good backstory. There is a cinematic that plays. It's more of a, like, a ta- like a voiceover at the beginning of starting the game. But unfortunately, it just the dialogue is weak. Uh, it's, that it's, has been one of the gripes about that game since the first one, is that the story really isn't that great, and the dialogue is kind of meh, and you're really just there for the gameplay. Yeah, so I mean, Destiny Two—it's a looter shooter, and it is one hundred percent game mechanic first, story a distant second, from what I can tell. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I don't get me wrong; like, I really, I enjoy it. I enjoy the gameplay, but you have to kind of like forgive or or lower your expectations as to what you're going to expect from the game. Uh, once you do that, and the thing is, like, if you can let go and if they did a better job of saying like you're going to have questions it's fine go along with it you'll get enough information that you'll not be completely lost right and there's dialogue later on without getting in any spoilers in the beyond light campaign where your little ghost is talking about characters that you're meeting for the first time but they have a history with because these are characters that other destiny players have been playing with for months and years right and right. that is enough to go, oh, okay, bad guy. Or, hmm, two-faced bad guy. Uh, that kind of stuff. Great. I don't need to know exactly everything. If I'm, if part of the story just said, like, look, you're going to have questions. I'll try to catch you up. I'd much rather it happen the way that it's happening now, which is not to beat me over the head with a cinematic that I'm never going to remember. It's, yeah. it's more of like a, along the way, it's like, who is this guy? What race is this? I don't know. I'm still trying to learn the world. But as you talk to them more, you just like, oh, okay, so he's got a history with this other guy. Uh, okay. And so like that stuff is much more organic and I like it. So it's not, it's not terrible. Like it's not, it's, it's not something that's going to have you just like, I don't know what to do or where to go. But what I will say as a completionist, the way that I play these games, I wanted to try and get the story and I thought, well, whatever, it's free on Game Pass. I might as well try to explore the, the bulk of it thinking that like I'd probably want to level up before I go to the new zone or whatever. They crunched the levels. So you start off at a power level of like 1050, which is new. Most Destiny players would be like, oh, wow, that's where you start. Um, And the idea is that they want you in there on the ground through the New Light missions and then playing the expansion first because you can do it. It's challenging, but you'll get better rewards and if you just kind of like let go of the completionist mentality and just go for it, like you're thrown into this mess, you're going to have to figure it out as, as you go. 
Uh, it's been a much better experience ever since I read that article that said like, this is the mentality you have to take. If you take this mentality, you will enjoy the game so much more. And they said like, if you want to go back and you want to go through the shadow keep and the, um, what was the other mission? Forsaken um, expansions, you can, but none of the gear is going to be good. usable because your power level, because of this onboarding prop, like the way that they're doing it now, which has changed as of, as of November, um, has you has you more powerful than that? So see, this is what see. Hearing you talk about this, this is what drives me away from games. Mm -hmm. it, 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 as soon as a game sounds like it's more work than game, I'm uh, I, I I'm I, I'm like I, I'm I'm done. Moving on yeah. to the next game. I, I I don't like having to go to the internet for everything. It's something that I had to kind of begrudgingly admit when with my Minecraft stuff was like I had a lot of questions. And what I wasn't learning from watching Let's Plays of other people on YouTube, which is fine because it's entertainment for me and picking up tips and tricks and stuff. But like when I really wanted to know like how something works, you have to go to the wiki because that information is just not available in game. You know what Destiny doesn't have? A legend, a like a dictionary. Like I would nope. love a log that just says, this is what this does. This is who this person is. You get some introductory stuff and that's fine, but it's the one time you get to hear it. And so... There's there's two things that happen in the tutorial, some of which are great, uh, which are big, important milestones. Like you have just unlocked your super ability. Here is how to use it. You read the paragraph and it says, press B to dismiss. Perfect. Got it. Then there's other things that happen. Like you just did this part of the mission. Next, you have to do this paragraph, which vanishes before you're done reading. And it may or may not be something you can look up later. And so like that stuff I find very frustrating. It's really inconsistent in that way. Um, but in terms of like more work, um, talk about more work. While it looks mighty pretty on my new TV, uh, I was noticing how dark it was. And I was like, this is not right. Like there are, I'm not seeing things, you know? Uh, and so I was looking up, you know, Destiny too dark, Destiny too high contrast, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that there's a problem with the HDR settings and uh, this took me a long time. So again, I'm hoping to save anybody that's interested in this a lot of time. If they have an HDR TV, if you have 4K HDR, you're playing on a system like Xbox One or One X, I guess, uh, or a Series X like me. Um, Destiny, unfortunately, there's a bug where it bases your HDR settings off of your SDR settings. So it's not a hard thing to fix. It's just kind of a pain in the butt. So you go into your, you turn off HDR, you go into your Xbox and you turn off HDR, then you go into Destiny, and you, you, you follow some instructions. I'll see if I can find a link to the video for this because it's a little bit complicated to, um, to explain uh, over the, the podcast. But you have, a, you have to set it at four or <clears throat> higher for your brightness in standard definition. You only get one slider in standard definition. And so once you've done that, you exit out of Destiny, close the game down, turn on your HDR again on your Xbox, whatever you're playing on. And then you go back in to Destiny and then you adjust the two sliders. There's the brightness, there's the white balance slider, the, the white, um, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's a white balance. It's a white balance slider and then there's the, the dark slider, the, the brightness slider. And the white balance slider, you put wherever you feel fit. Like it depends on how bright your TV is. You, wanna, you follow the instructions. But the dark balance slider, you don't really mess with that too much other than to make sure that it's above 50%. If it's below 50%, there's a bug where the blacks will be kind of crushed and feel gray. Um, I still think I have an issue with the actual game design, which is that I'm using all these really cool um, weapons 
And half the time they're like so shadowed, I can't see them. Like they're so black that it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And I've also been talking to with NPCs and they look fine in the world. But then when you go press on, like, I'm going to talk to this person, they, they come up large and they have a voiceover and stuff and they're in broad daylight. And the shadowy side of them is like almost pitch black. And I'm like, but that's not how light works. Like this is supposed to be HDR. Like why is this person look like they're holding a flashlight when they're out in broad, sunny daylight? And so some of that is designed. There was a lot of warnings in the videos talking about this HDR stuff where they're just like, look, Destiny and Bungie in general have just designed this to be high contrasty. It's supposed to mean that when you walk into a really cool like sci-fi area that all the neon looks wicked. But it means that there's a lot of dark, dark places. And if you don't have your brightness settings on your TV or your your, your um, platform correct, then you're going to be you're not going to see things. And I, I remember using a, a test uh, in the main tower for Destiny, which is like your social hub. It's got your bank and your mailbox and all this kind of stuff. And there's a couple of monitors on the wall. And I was like, there's an awful lot of space underneath this. That's just like pitch black. There's, I just can't, I can't see anything there. So I walked right up next to it and thought, wow, there's like a toolbox and there's like all kinds of stuff. Okay. And I thought they didn't design and model all this stuff and texture it for that not to be seen. So then I went and I did this exercise of like the SDR, HDR thing. And then I came back and while it's in shadow, now I can see that there's a blue yep. toolbox with a monkey wrench next to it. And like, so I'm like, okay, I, I, I did the right thing. My grievance now is just that eh, destiny is a little bit, it's a little bit dark in places. Um, I, I'll give them a nod and like one of the jumping puzzles I have to do. It was just, just light enough for me to see without like, I didn't have to squint. You just had to concentrate and be like, oh, right. there's the platform, you sneaky buggers. I see what you did hiding it in the shadow of that thing. And so stuff like that, I get. It's part of the gameplay. Although we'll go down the rabbit hole of first-person platformers another day. Um, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, and again, I'll go into more of the gameplay stuff with Ryan. I just wanted to kind of get like the first-player experience off my chest here. Um, because... Uh, the positive things about it are like, while it's not a story shooter, I understand that the story is secondary to the gameplay. They're trying to, people are trying to get the end game so they can do a bunch of like PVP and stuff like that. And that's fine. Um, but there is good voice acting and good actors. Uh, Nathan Fillion, Lance Reddick, uh, Gina Torres, Nolan North, Bill Nye, like the, it, the, the list goes on. So when you speak to a commander and it's Lance Reddick, you know, as Commander Zavala, everything he says, no matter how poor the writing is, sounds great. Sounds good. Yeah. So it's captivating in that way. You know, like when he says, there's a there's a part in a cutscene where someone's telling him to do something like, you know, submit or, you know, be defeated. And he just kind of goes, no. But the way, like, it's one word, but because it's Lance Reddick, <laughs> it just, it's like Darth Vader talking. Like, it's, he's yeah. got such presence that it was, it's exciting. And you're like, you're behind him. You're like, yeah, what he said, <laughs> like, I'm going to blow you guys up. Um, and I, again, I'll get into the gameplay next week, but it, it is a very satisfying game. I, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of, the mechanics are, are very solid. Uh, I was worried that I wouldn't like a shooter that had like magic abilities and stuff. Like I prefer shooters to be shooters sort of deal. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, it was, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it really kind of gives you a lot of play in that way. Uh, there are some more complicated systems that I won't get into now, but um, first, like the first impressions are like, you know, get in there if you're new, play the new light missions. 
And then as soon as you're able to go and do um, the Beyond Light missions because it's pretty, it's new content. And I mean, my gosh, does it look nice in the HDR? Because it's a lot of like ice planes and icy planet and Hoth type yep. looking stuff. And on HDR, man, like I... It looks great. I know I'm late to the game on a 4K TV, but holy crap. Like there are times I'm just like, I'm taking screenshots going like, I just, I have to share this with somebody. Uh, it's, it's just amazing, amazing looking in, in a lot of ways. Um, the last time that I logged in, and this is more specific to this week because a new season just launched. And this is where Destiny as a game of the service is lost on me right now because I'm, I'm never going to put money into it. Uh, nope. And, and I'm not sure what I get <clears throat> access to with Game Pass, right? Um, so the the new season dropped and when i logged in last night i was taken to a cutscene that introduced the new the new season i thought okay cool and then when i logged in sorry that was at noontime and then when i logged in later on in the evening because i've been playing a lot of destiny i i was taken to another cutscene which introduced me into a mission that i was then logged into play with two other people that was nothing to do with the beyond light missions that I was currently on. And I thought that's broken. Like that is, that is a tech mistake as old as time opt in, not opt out. And there was never an option to opt out. I had to bail on these two dudes that were going to do this mission with me. I was like, I didn't want to be here. Like, I don't know who these people are, not the multiplayer, but like the, the story I'm not there yet. You know, like I I need to finish the beyond light stuff because I was also worried that I was going to be underpowered for this. And so that kind of stuff, there are some janky things. And it, des- it definitely feels like Destiny just wants you to get to endgame and just wants you to be like, what are you doing this season? And it's unfortunate because there's some depth to this world that they must have had to figure out in order to just build it, like just th- to design it. And they're not communicating that to new players in a great way. Nope. Um, so it, it's I'm on the fence, man. Because like everything, everything you're hearing is uh, they gave it away for free, uh, like like an earlier version of it. I forget where I got it in a bundle. It was it was given away to for free or something for one day only. And uh, <clears throat> a couple of my friends picked it up. One of them picked it up, and he played it for about a solid two evenings. And then messaged the uh, the rest of us and was like, yeah, don't bother. And I was like, okay. He's like, I'm confused. I don't know where anything is. The, like, the gameplay itself is fun, but, like, it's janky. They're not explaining things. I have no idea what's going on. We're not going to enjoy this as a group. We'll play something different. I feel like it would be more fun with friends. It probably like it's would. one of those. It probably one of those things where like it's probably a good romp. Everybody I've ever talked to who loves the game has a group they get together with once a week and play. And I'm like, I'm not organized enough to do that. No, and that's the thing. Like, it's one of those games where like if you know, you know, you know, like if you know the tricks, if you know the, the well, that's just how destiny is. You just have to accept that and roll on. And if you've got a friend that can tell you that, well, that's fine. Um, I'm just, I was hoping to get a little bit more out of it. Um, but, uh, but, and, and it's fine. Like, I mean, I, it is what it is. I understand what it is now, but I, what I was not anticipating was like the two hours of web research I had to do for a number of things to make it an enjoyable experience, um, on the story slash technical side from the gameplay side, again, solid. Like it, it does what it says in the tin very well. Um, 
and and I mean, I guess to to uh, to to my point about them focusing on end gameplay and and not story. Like even the gear that you pick up, I look like a rainbow unicorn barfed. Like I don't look cool. <laughs> yeah. At all, because you're just taking whatever next gear is the most powerful, as long as it doesn't, as long as it's not a crappy weapon that you can't shoot. Like, I tend to be better with rifles than I am with like machine guns. And so, even if yep. it's a better machine gun, I'm probably going to stick with the rifle just because uh, I'll be yep. more, I'll be more accurate. Because I mean, like, I'm used to first person shooters with a mouse, not a, not a um, Xbox game pad. But I'm, I mean, I'm getting better. Um, yep. And I, but there's enough, there's enough going on and you know, enough unique things that kind of make up for that. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's it's a hard sell for people that are looking for something more than just running around and shooting stuff. Um, but again, if you like running around and shooting stuff and very flashy animations and effects and all that kind of stuff, you're in for a good time. So have you been playing anything? So I've been, I've talked about this game series before in the past when I've been on here before. But the the Yakuza game series has been one of my personal favorites. It's very Japanese, very weird, very goofy. And one of the things that's hard about it, hard to talk about it is the game series has been around since the early 2000s. So this like this new game is game number seven, Yakuza 7. There's not a really good starting point for you when you start these games if you're a new player because they always start in the middle of a story. And Yakuza 7 is like a restart of the whole series. Not only is it a new game, it doesn't play like the others either. But it has all the same character, similar characters and goofy presence and, and, and goofy jokes and goofy weirdness that you come to love from playing the game, except it's rebooted. Instead of being a brawler where you run around as a Yakuza guy beating up thugs on the street and in a kind of GTA kind of Japanese way done game. It's now a JRPG with a character who's crazy. And that's why you're on a journey. Um, I've never quite played a game like this before. It's weird. And the story is super fun, especially if you like characters that are just out of the ordinary. Um, the basic premise is... <clears throat> You're an underling for a Yakuza boss. The guy helped raise you as like a kid, a son. And somebody kills somebody and they need somebody to take the fall. And you agree to admit that you took the crime and you're going to go away to jail for 15 years. And in 15 years, they're going to let you out. And the Yakuza boss says he's going to promote you when you get out. And you're, you, you've done your time. He's going to take care of you. Well, the 15 years go by and you get out of jail and there's nobody waiting for you. And your character goes, but wait, what happened? Come to find out, all the clans have been kicked out of Tokyo. There is no more Yakuza. Uh, well, there is, but they're not really Yakuza. It's the Chinese syndicate that's come in and taken over everything. And your boss is the head of that. And when you go to see him, he shoots you. Jeez. And your character is like, a lot's happened in 15 years while I've been in prison. What's going on? In the meantime, a cop reaches out to you and says, I'm an ex-cop. I know that there's something going on. Would you help me investigate? Next thing you know, your character declares he is the hero of a Dragon Quest game. And the rest of the game, he literally keeps telling people he's the hero of a Dragon Quest game. 
which if you don't know what Dragon Quest is, Dragon Quest is a Japanese role-playing game where you're the the mythical hero that's going to fight the Dragon Lord at the end of the game. And the rest of the game, he gets in the fights, and it's like Yakuza guys, and then when you get into the fights, it switches to Japanese RPG combat where you pick attack, magical spells, other things, and the Yakuza guys change in his mind and become weird things. Like the regular Yakuza guys become fighters. And next thing you know, they're wielding swords and they're wearing samurai outfits. And you're like, uh-huh. And then when you beat them up, they turn back into regular Yakuza guys. And he literally will look at other characters that are fighting alongside him and be like, did you see that guy? That was crazy armor. And your character, other characters look at him and go, what are you talking about? I've seen. Uh, sorry. Go go ahead. I just, I, I've seen trailers because uh, it's Anime Month on Game Pass Ultimate, and yep. so Yakuza is like the whole library. I think is there, if not most of the recent games is is yep. there. And I I saw some screenshots and stuff. I was like, what is this game? It just it looks like it's all over the place. It's all over the place. Uh, wait, your character gets shot in the beginning of the game, and one of the first party members you pick up is there's a homeless guy who's a just he's he was a doctor who got fired from the hospital for stealing uh drugs and so he's become a homeless person and he's the one that patches you up all of his abilities when you're fighting with him revolve around being drunk and so he pulls out wine bottles bites the top the cork off and then breathes fire on people and you're like what is going and, 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 and in the meantime, there is like a serious Yakuza plot going on and your character just kind of like winds up in the middle of scenes and people are like, why are you here? How are you not dead? What's going on? And your character's like, I'm the great hero that is here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh... In the meantime, the other characters that are following you around are like, you mean well, but you know, you're kind of delusional. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm the great hero that's here to save the day. So is it is there action in the game or is it mostly just story beats and choosing to do it, things? It's mostly story beats and choosing to do things. There's tons of mini games. Um, there's a mini game where you run a corporation at one point. Um, and I've learned from experience playing these games. When you run into one of these mini games, the best thing you can do is maximize it as soon as you hit it. Don't stop and go back to it later you'll never go back to it later you found the you found the can collecting cart in the homeless camp do it until you don't need any more cans ever <laughs> so if that means you're going to spend the next three hours driving around in a shopping cart fighting people over cans and bottles then that's what you're going to do it's a mini game and it's timed and you're going to do it a dozen you're going to do it three dozen times till you have enough cans but you'll have all the best equipment for later on in the game or you'll have enough money to buy the thing you need to do later on in the game. And so I ran into this mi mission where your character, uh, it, it, this woman needs help. Her father died and she needs to run her father's business. Will you take her business and you turn it into a Fortune 500 company? <laughs> nice. Because this game is goofy. And and you have to like fight people over like like stocks and bonds. And it, it's just so stupid. But it's so much fun. And when you maximize and you finish this game, this mini game, which is supposed to be the kind of mini game you play for a little bit and then you go back to it. 
not me. I sit down and I play till I finished mini game to maximize everything. And you unlock a special attack. I unlocked a special attack I couldn't use because I didn't have enough skill points to use it because I wasn't high enough level. I was like, oh, that sucks. And then I got to the level that I could use it. And because you now own a Fortune 500 company, you have an attack called the Orbital Laser. And in the middle of fighting, he pulls out his phone, he pushes a button on the phone, and every enemy on the screen gets hit by an orbital laser that almost vaporizes. Jeez. And yeah. it makes no sense. You're just along for the ride. It sounds and like Grand Theft Auto meets like anime. Like that's, it is. that's really what I'm getting out of this. Yes. And, and, and again, everything is really tied to like real life, kind of. But when your character is involved, everything becomes really goofy and weird. And even the characters are around you are like, that shouldn't have happened. Hmm. And you're like, okay, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> and uh, and again, I'm having a ball with it. it. If you've played a Yakuza game, it does a lot of the same stuff. But again, they changed it this time. It's more, uh, it's more Japanese role-playing game than a brawler. Um, I missed the brawling. That was, that was really fun. Uh, but I also like Japanese role-playing game, so this is really right up my alley. Uh, if you're looking for something weird, you can't get any weirder. And it sounds chill, too. It's very easy. Like, most of the game is like, hey, you gotta go over here and talk to somebody. Okay. And, like, you're wandering down the street and, like, there's a shopping cart guy that will go by and you'll be like, oh, I, I can buy something to heal myself, or I can buy an item that will I can use in a combat. Oh, and I'm wandering down the street. Oh, there's a couple of Yakuza guys coming my way. Oh, they're gonna want to fight me. And the next thing you know, turns into a fight. And none of the fights are really like hard. Like I have, I, I, I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't think I'm good at the game, but I haven't come across anything that I find challenging. It's pretty straightforward and fairly low bar of entry. And if you've never played a Yakuza game, this is the one that everybody is saying. This is the one to start with if you think you're interested, uh, because. Going forward, this is what they're going to do with the next few titles. So it's going to be very much in the same vein. And and the other thing that's fun is if you have played the other games before, all of the other characters and other heroes from the other games make cameos in this game. So like at one point you go into a bar and like the guy at the end of the bar is the hero from the other game and he just kind of winks and gives you a nod. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. Nice that they reward like long-term fans of the franchise like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's any Easter eggs and stuff in Destiny. It seems like the kind of game that they would put that in there because it wouldn't affect the story because the story's pretty light. So they could Well, they the could thing maybe is, is any Easter eggs they would put in would tie to Halo because that's what Bungie's really famous for. Yeah. Well, it's also Destiny 2. Like there could be some Destiny 1 yeah. nods and stuff like that. You know, it could be people that you run into, that kind of thing. That brings us into the Internet Minute, which is brought to you by you, dear listener. If you enjoy the Citadel Cafe, uh, we are 100% listener supported. If you get value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server. There are multiple levels with different rewards like Discord roles and bonus episodes, all found at patreon.com slash 
the Citadel Cafe. We are at 20 patrons. The last time that I checked, if you'd like to be 21, then check out the website, let us know. And if you have any questions, feel free to either write thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or grab me on Twitter at Joel Duggan. I'm happy to answer. Sometimes people have uh, questions about becoming a new patron, that sort of stuff. The pick for me this week is the Lord of the Rings BBC radio drama, which is available for listening for free on archive.org. This is from 1981. We'll have a link to the archive.org as well as the wiki page in the show notes this week. I haven't listened to more than a snippet, but I will tell you that there is music, there is sound effects, uh, things like wind or water running, that kind of thing. Uh, the dialogue is acted by different people, not just narrated. So the narrator speaks like a, like an audiobook, but then when someone else is doing dialogue, it's another actor coming in to do, do either do a voice or just speak in, as themselves, but then actually put some emotion and stuff behind the words. So it's a little bit more than an audiobook. Uh, I've been thinking about rereading the Lord of the Rings for a while. Uh, and this actually might be the way that I do it. I might opt for a radio play just for something different. Yeah, this sounds better than this sounds. Uh, I can't read those books anymore, but uh, this sounds like a better way for them to get through them. Well, I was looking for something that was giving me no screen time, and this would qualify because I would be doing something else. Like normally, when I listen to things like this, I'm doing the dishes, I'm cleaning, I'm organizing a closet, perhaps. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Uh, yes. So yeah, it's one of those things that I think I might I might check out. And fun fact, I recognized Ian Holmes' voice right away. Now, he's younger because it's 1981, <laughs> uh, but uh, he's one of the first characters that you hear in the intro. I think he plays Deagle when Smeagol and Deagle are, are looking at the ring and stuff. Um, but mm -hmm. for those of you that don't know, that's Bilbo from the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just there's a host of very talented British actors, on obviously, on the, the roster. Uh, I... I recognized some, I don't know all the names off the top of my head, but like I recognized some of them and um, it seemed like a high production value. Uh, it was, I, I don't want to say the height of radio, but it was basically still a very viable way of getting some entertainment because televisions and home theaters and stuff at that point were not what they are now. Uh, and so there, this was, this is really well done and free. Uh, the only thing I think you might be stuck with is um, listening on archive.org. You, can, you can't like, um, I think one of the complaints, one of the comments on the page was like, it kind of sucks that I have to have my phone open. Like you have to have the website open to listen. You can't like lock your phone and stick it in your pocket. Um, so it might be a better experience over a home theater system where like you don't have to have your phone with you. You can just kind of like leave the device right. connected open like a, a laptop or a, or a, a, a tablet or something. Um, but it did, it did look like a lot of fun. Still, it's cool and free. Can't get better than that. No, exactly. Right. And quality content, like not not like B-movie Netflix stuff. You know, it's it's actually really solid, solid stuff. Well, that wraps up this episode of The Citadel Cafe. You can find more information about the things that Lou and I talked about this week at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, as well as YouTube. Depends on where you like to hang your podcast hat, really. But you know what? Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about The Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything that I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcasts all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. New snapshot landed last week, so we talked about that on Monday. That's available on the website now. And of course, you can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media, and I'm going to point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I'm playing an awful lot of Minecraft, but enjoying it a great deal. And uh, the community is growing, so come on over and check it out. Lou, where can people find you online? 
easiest place to find me, all social media under the name Busy Zombie Lord. Uh, you can check out my show, Zombies Ate My Podcast, where Ryan and I are going to do an audio commentary next week. And the last two weeks, we've covered movies instead of The Walking Dead. So if you're interested in the Return of the Living Dead series, Ryan and I finally have wrapped up watching all five movies. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, Ryan is going to be here on the Citadel Cafe next week. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two.